This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Like, obviously, the times are kind of down and everything's kind of down. And I, I have a song called Reach for the Stars. And it's, it's not the song I would have, like, initially when we were talking about this that I was even suggesting, but like, it's a song about those lyrics are like when you reach for the stars, risk it all for the chance to make it. This is what dreams are about. It's a song about just it's uplifting and it's about like don't let love pass you by. You know, give love a like it's just a song about doing what you want and you know doing what you love right from the start. So I think it's a positive message and in these times I think something positive like that would be good. I mean I have a lot of deeper stuff, but this would be kind of cool. <laughs> And welcome to a new episode of Set Lustig Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. But tonight, we're getting off the Bruce Springsteen train, though he may come up, because he normally does, no matter who I talk to. Um, and we're going to talk a little independent music. Um, we have a independent singer-songwriter. Uh, Raquel uh, joining us, and we're going to talk about her musical journey. So, Raquel, welcome to the show. Tell my listeners a little about yourself. Hi, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, let's see here. I I'm from New Mexico originally. I'm born and raised in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I went out, uh, came out to Arizona, and I've kind of never left. Uh, I travel back and forth to Nashville and LA, and wherever uh, my music takes me. So it's um, we don't have a big music scene here, so I kind of go more to Nashville than anywhere to do music. But I've been probably singing and writing for like at least 15 years is when I started. So, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty cool. And a dream of mine forever. And that is great. Uh, we're going we're, we're gonna to talk a little about that. There will be links to her website, and she has a Spotify playlist, and... Uh, there's a chance if you want to kick a few bucks her way, I know she'd appreciate it if you want to buy some music, uh, which is always nice in today's day and age uh, to actually support artists. 
But Raquel, we always like to start at the beginning. So talk about growing up. You mentioned growing up in uh, Santa Fe, then mm-hmm. later moving to Arizona. But when you were a young one, uh, was there a lot of music in the house? Were your parents musical? What kind of music did they yeah. listen to? Well, um, my mom used to play the piano. We had a piano in our house. And so she would play and she played like Killing Me Softly and Night of the Rising Sun and um, House of the Rising Sun, not Night of the Rising Sun. Um, and she'd play like just different music that we would kind of, we'd listen to and then eventually we'd sing to. And then of course we had to torture anyone that came over <laughs> and they had to listen to us sure. sing whether we were good or not, my sister and I. Um, and so we grew up like, you know, with that all the time. So it was kind of nice to just have music around all the time. And then, um, when I was younger, I played, um, alto clarinet and clarinet, which <laughs> doesn't really help me now, unfortunately, but, um, it was cool to just like, you know, be involved in the music somehow. And, you know, looking back, I wish I had started with guitar. I mean, I did take some piano as well, but like, obviously looking at my situation now, had I taken more guitar, then that would have really been beneficial for me, um, now, but I still write regardless without, you know, being able to play the guitar and uh, a lot of melodies come to me and I, I'm still able to write just through my background of music. So I don't know. I think there may be a hot jazz quartet out there that needs a, a strong clarify, you know, uh, you know, clarinet, like think of Glenn Miller. Uh, exactly. So, um, Although I did see the alto clarinet when I saw Billy Joel in concert, and I was like, oh, my God, there it is. There's somebody on stage. <laughs> There's the alto clarinet. Yeah, it was funny because it's the first thing I noticed. I was like, this is hilarious. I'm finally seeing uh, the instrument I played. But, yeah, it, my sister played the saxophone and all that. But, like, I mean, if you could go back and if you knew, if I knew that I'd be, you know, doing my own music and performing the way I am, I would have definitely played guitar more or even – stuck with the piano a lot more i've actually been playing a lot of piano lately here at my house i've got just some keyboards just to mess with while we've been kind of quarantined yeah um you know a couple things one um i'm 60 and i know Mm -hmm. it's never too late but um i think about that sometimes daydreaming that um when i was 12 or 13 instead Mm of watching star trek reruns or or uh right. you know um gilligan's island on tv that if i had gotten uh my dad was a guitar player and he loved to play and mm-hmm. uh if i had taken the time to learn um i think i think my time would have been better served <laughs> let's just put it this yeah, way yeah. i think there would have <laughs> been and and i realize it's never too late to but it just um it seems like a wasted time that we mm-hmm. could have had. Um, yeah, I, I know what you mean exactly. Yeah, um, and I don't know if you are familiar with the um, singer uh, Marion Call. Um, uh, she is an. I don't think so. Okay, she is from Juneau, Alaska, and mm-hmm. um, uh, <laughs> she plays the typewriter. Um, <laughs> not all the time, but um, when she performs, oh. she often has a manual typewriter in front of her. And we'll pay that for uh, percussion, and so wow. um, yeah, really creative. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it. Yeah, she's she's um, she is a big. Um, it's Marion Call. I'll send you a link. Um, she's. Okay. Um, I found her because she's she's a big old um, science fiction nerd, and she actually wrote an album 
uh, that had a lot to do with Battlestar Galactica and Firefly um, inadvertently. It wasn't, it, there were themes about that show, and uh, she ended up doing it, and so she's toured, and I've been able to meet her a couple of times. She's, she's um, I, I love I love musicians, and that's why I reached out to you. Like, I, I'm fascinated mm-hmm. by people that um, are going out there creative. Um, my boss tells a story that um, he says, you know, people say the average writer, you know, makes $2 million a year. He said, well, mm-hmm. no, J.K. Rollins makes $70 million, and and the wow. other writers make $10,000, $10, right? Yeah, and exactly. so I, I know that um, people like yourself, you you do this because you you need to, you you mm-hmm. have to. It is part of you, um, and 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 it needs to get out there, and and you you want to express that, um, and then hopefully people like it, right? Yeah, exactly. I feel like yeah, that's it's so true because you. I think when I, I've always known this is my passion. Like, even when I was younger, I just, I knew I wanted to sing. I loved it. I loved the way it felt when I was singing. And at that time, I wasn't writing at all, obviously. I was just, just a young girl just growing up and as a tomboy and played every sport you can think of. And music really was, you know, was more of a hobby. And I, I didn't know how to get it started. So I just really did not get it started, unfortunately, until later in life. And uh, it wasn't until I met a producer named Tony Papa from Los Angeles who produced for James Brown and Weird Al Yankovic and he has, has a Grammy, a couple Grammys and it wasn't until I met him uh, through a mutual friend where we just went in the studio and it's kind of how it all started but like I didn't have that like key to open that door or I would have opened it years ago, you know what I mean I just was, it's not like you can go out audition for a band unless you know of a band that's, you know, it's just not that easy <laughs> so, so, you know uh, uh, did you, so you've always loved to sing, but you did not yeah. always have this passion to write? Did you do poetry? No. Did you anything at all? No, you know what's crazy is, um, so I've always wanted to sing. I've always known, you know, to sing professionally. Like I, did, I wanted to, you know, look for a band or find somebody. And I just, I just feel like um, I didn't know that I could write. I didn't even realize that I had that in me. Um, and I, I think a lot of people don't really realize that their hidden gifts or their hidden talents until they actually sit down and kind of like make that happen which is really what happened with me i i did my first album with uh i told you tony papa we did like just everyone else's songs and a few covers and and it was fun and we went and did a little mini tour and just whatever and um it's my first time when i opened for bb king and it was really cool it was just an experience it was great. And then I was looking for a band locally here in Arizona, and somebody had suggested going to this guy named Gardner Cole, who is a producer for Jody Watley, um, Amy Grant, uh, Madonna. He wrote Open Your Heart by Madonna, which is one of her top seller songs. But I mean, and here I am walking in the studio, and I see all these, uh, these like platinum, you know, albums everywhere, and I'm like, wow, where did I just walk into? But I went there because he was going to be the one. Uh, he's a musician. He's a musician as well. He plays everything, and he was trying to help me put a band together. And while I was there, um, he said, "Why don't we write together sometime?" And I was like, "You know, I've never really written before." And he said, "Well, why don't you? Uh, why don't you go home and just try to write, and let's see what we can come up with, and let's just, you know, sit in the studio. Maybe we can come up with something." So I did, 
And um, it's the first time I really made myself sit down, think about what a song composed of or how everyone writes and just different styles of different writers. I just kind of started looking at like, you know, some people rhyme, some people don't, some people have different ways they do it. And that's really how it all started for me is I went home and I wrote two different songs and went back in the studio with Gardner and we finished them. You know, it was almost like, okay, this is what I'm writing. And then we collaborated and finished writing them together. We co-wrote the songs, but it was really cool to tap into that side of like, something I didn't even know I could do, you know? So yeah. we've kind of jumped around, which is great. Mm-hmm. I, I told you we'd wander. Um, yeah. What before, I mean, what were you doing? What was your, what was your day job? What were you doing before you decided to try this music? Well, um, so I went to college in Anchorage, Alaska, when you mentioned Alaska earlier, it brought back memories. Um, I went, I was a, I told you I was a tomboy. So I was mm-hmm. so busy with life with like, I literally played every sport you can think of. I did uh, tennis and track and volleyball and basketball. And I played all three sports through high school and I got a volleyball scholarship and I ended up going to Anchorage, Alaska, went there for my undergrad came back here to Arizona for my graduate school and got my master's in educational psychology and uh, my teaching certificate to teach like, um, you know, junior college, a community college while I worked on my PhD. And it, and it's kind of like, that's the path I was going. Um, and I always knew that music was still, you know, something I wanted to do, but I just, you know, going along, just doing what I needed to do and worked with children like ages like 8 to 18 with, you know, emotion-served kids and, like, that whole field. And um, while I was working on my Ph.D., I ended up meeting my ex-husband now, but um, I had met him, and then we started traveling so much with his work that it just, um, I didn't work in my field. I kind of, like, you know, had my master's, and that was it. We started following his career and raising a family, and uh, that was kind of what I was doing. And I that's when I tapped into my music is when I was traveling and meeting people that's how I kind of got started you know so that was my day job until then (laughs) do you do you think that the road you've taken and and before I ask the question I'll give a little background um I have a couple good friends um my friend Tom Zoller is a um is a writer artist um he's written uh multiple comic books he is one of the writers of the My Little Pony comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, he has done, um, he's written his own books, Love and Capes, which is the story mm-hmm. of, um, it's a superhero sitcom where, um, it you know, the, the Superman of this world um, decides that he's going to tell his girlfriend he loves her. Uh, and so if he does, he has to be all in. So he also tells her that he's basically Superman and then the comedy happens. Um, Mm -hmm. he's in, if you talk to Tom, he has known his whole life. The only thing he's ever wanted to do is draw. He knew Mm -hmm. he was going to be an artist his whole life when, um, he, he had, you know, he, he made great, he went to Catholic high school, had outstanding grades and was accepted in several college and he wanted to go to joe kubert school of art you mm-hmm. know because that's all he ever wanted to do um sarah hickman who's a friend of mine uh who's now retired but um she ended she was on Electra, got dropped she's done probably released a dozen albums and had a very um 
she has made a living making music. Um, she now lives in Austin and she's retired and, um, but she's, she's, she can remember at eight writing songs. I mean, that just from, she grew up knowing that muse in her. Do you Mm -hmm. think not having that so prevalent or just kind of in the back of your mind, do you think Mm -hmm. that journey has helped feed you as an artist? Um, I do. I, I, I believe a lot about timing. So it's, I think, you know, maybe I would have been, if I had tapped into it earlier, it would have been a different story. It would have been different things I'm writing about because, like, what I've been through in my life and the people I've met along the way and my journey along the way uh, when I started this um, and while I've been doing it even um, has shaped me as an artist and it's given me the material to write about what I have written about. So I think that I wouldn't have had the same story. I wouldn't I wouldn't have had the same experiences to be writing about. Like sometimes you have to go through things in order to, um, as a writer, per, well, me anyway, um, I write a lot of things that have happened to me personally. I, sometimes I'll write things vicariously through others, but a lot of what I write about is personal. So had I not gone through that myself and experienced it, so me writing later in life, uh, you know, is probably the way it was supposed to happen. Is that that makes sense? Even though I would have loved to have, like, yeah, sure, it'd been great to be like, you know, starting this out when I was younger and like, yeah. you know, getting going. But I really feel like um, my music's a little bit deeper. Um, I mean, I write a little bit deep, deeper. Some people, I'm a little bit more vulnerable and I'm a little more raw when I write. I don't, I don't, uh, I write from my heart. So I don't know that had I not experienced some of those things along the way, I wouldn't have had the same quality of music. Does that make sense? Like, it totally does. Um, that's how I feel about it anyway. And even though, yeah, it would have been cool to start much earlier in life, but I feel like it, you know, it's just the way it's supposed to have been. I think. I think so. And I, once again, not to, to quote another songwriter to a songwriter, but, um, I bring up this lyric a lot. Sarah um, has written a song, A Woman Waiting to Happen. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> my mistakes brought me to this place where the flowers replace the thorns. And mm-hmm. and I'm not saying your life was a mistake, but I'm saying yeah. oh, the journey of where we got us, where... I'm now where the flowers have replaced the thorns. I am at a good place in my life, but the only reason I got there is because of the missteps and the journey mm-hmm. I took to got me where I am. And Absolutely. And and I think that's I, I hear that in your story and, and I, I think that's something to be really proud of and I do think it serves your music. Thank you. Yeah, I, I feel like um you know when Sometimes I'll look back and I'll say, well, how did I write that song? Or where did that melody come from? Or, you know, and you don't even realize it until the song's done. And you're like, you look back and it's very, it's very, very therapeutic for me. Um, I'll never forget the first time, like, I heard a song that we had been writing, like, come to life. And it was like, I say come to life, meaning like all of a sudden now there's music and now there's everything around it and the harmony. It's just like, holy cow, this is amazing. Like, it's such a great feeling to know that wow like I did that and then sometimes I go how did I do that you know like I think you just you just do it 
Um, some songs have written themselves too, you know, where I feel like, wow, I don't even remember. Like if I were to sit down today, I'm not in the same frame of mind. So I wouldn't have been able to write that that day. But you know what I mean? It's just funny how you look back on things. And yeah, I definitely, I, I definitely agree. And like, even like the Garth Brooks, like, you know, when the dance, like that song about how yeah. he reflects and like how it would have been different. And he, I love that. I love that song because of that, because it's like, yeah, things would have been a, you know, would have been a certain way, but then he would have missed out on, you know, something else even better. So yeah, I, think, I, I think that. Yeah, I recall one of the things that I, um, I not to get into a strong philosophy, but um, there are certain times when I am at, um, and I think all of us are like this, whether you're in a school, a classroom, a you meet a friend or even in a church and something sticks with you. And I remember um, Linda, that's my wife and I were in a mass and a, a priest made a statement that I never thought about before. He said, every time you choose something, you're letting something go. Every time you, 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 there, every choice means you're not choosing something else. And he says, if I choose to go on a diet, I am giving up having chocolate cake in simple terms. And, um, and I do think that that message, right, that, um, the, the choices we make in, in getting married, having kids, uh, taking this job instead of that job, um, it all, Springsteen has the song Better Days. And um, that is, if it is in my top three um, Springsteen songs. And, and um, it is not one that the casual fan would know. But he says, um, my soul checked out missing as I sat listening to the hours and minutes ticking away. Yeah, just sitting around waiting for my life to begin while it was all just slipping away. And, you know, I'm tired of waiting for tomorrow to come or that train to come rolling around the bend. Um, and, you know, life is, and this does sound like a cliche, but, you know, life is what happens and it's you're doing it. And, and you can't wait for, well, once I get the kids out of diapers and you know then i'll have a little more time for my music once i get that promotion i have a little more money then i can spend an extra time with my family um what you you can't wait for the next you have to do it now correct absolutely yes um when you talked about meeting um this producer um go back to that talk about you know, where you were in your life, how did you happen to meet him, and, and what led you to, um, I am going to make this leap to make music? Well, when I met him, I was our, um, the producer, oh, the first one. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, well, talk to me how you got yeah. into, how you decided that, okay, I, I think it's, I decided I want to do this for a little bit. Well, um, so... My friend that I was, one of my best friends that I was hanging out with quite a bit, she used to always talk about, I used to, I used to tell her about my music and, you know, she'd hear me sing like in the car and blah, blah. And I, this was always a passion. I'd always talk to her about it. And um, she said, oh my God, you have to meet Tony Papa. He's, an, he's my 
ex-brother-in-law, but you, you know, you, you've got to meet him. Like, this would be great. And then he could hear you sing. And I'm like, I was so nervous to meet him because I didn't want to give him something. I didn't have anything to prepare, like to prepare to give him. So, you know, first impressions are important. And I'm like, I don't want to just send him some random thing. And so she said, well, why don't I just one day just introduce you guys over the phone anyway? And then, you know, see what happens from there. So that's kind of how that happened. When I talked to him on the phone, I was going to be going to L.A. And he said, you know, why don't I send you like a demo and you just live with it and then come to the studio when you're in town because I was going to be in L.A. Um, and let's just see how it goes. We'll record it and just kind of see how we work together or like how it sounds. So the first song was called Tears and it's on my very first album. But um, it, it wasn't a song I wrote, but like that's how it started. I literally went in the studio and uh, sang the song to him, you know, he put the track on and, and then from that point he just said, wow, you know, I'd love to work with you. Let's, let's do a full album. Like let's do, you know, cause at first I was like, Oh, maybe we could do a single, you know, I didn't know how it worked. And then he's like, well, why don't we just do a full album? If you, if you really want to do this, let's do it right. And you know, let's work on it. Let's pick the songs. And because like I told you at the time I wasn't writing. Um, and that's just kind of how it started. So from that point we, made the full album called Finding My Way, and I titled it that because obviously I was still finding my way. This was all so new to me, and the music industry was a completely new thing, and through him I met a background singer who ended up being one of my best friends named Billy Trudell, who um, sang background for Elton John for like seven years, and he he and I started, you know, um, performing a lot together, and then just became super good friends, and then when I did start writing, he was one of the first people that I brought in to write with me because we just we just got each other. You know, he's amazing and talented, and we had been doing a bunch of shows together anyway. And I said, well, let's come and help you know, let's write some songs, you know. And and he's a really good artist himself, and songwriter and beautiful voice. So that's kind of how that like that's how I just decided. Well, let's go for this, you know. And then as I got my momentum going with the album, you know, then we started doing shows and I just happened to meet a guy in Arizona named um, uh, Reed Glick who owned a production company out here and he said well hey why don't you you know he'd heard my music and he said why don't why don't you I uh, why don't you open for BB King and like he was kind of like trying to help me manage but not really be my manager if that makes sense like he was kind of like just coming on board he's way too busy to help me but he was also like because we met through mutual friends and that's how I opened for BB King, and that's kind of the start of like how I started doing more and more shows and doing charity events and things like that. So that's kind of how that started. Talk to me about opening for BB King. Um, well, we did a full band, which was really fun because I, I do mainly acoustic anymore. I do like a home player and, and uh, guitar, which I really really love that set. I just you know I've gotten away from the full band, but um, we did a full band. Uh, it was at the Do- it was called the Dodge before they changed it to Celebrity. I think and they changed it to Celebrity. I'm not even sure, but it's okay. a. It was like five thousand people sold out. BB King. I'm like, are you sure BB King and I like our music? Like, is this, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, it's BB King for Christ's sake. It's like, it's a, it's a, he's a legend. Like, uh, do you think that we're gonna be okay? And um, he's like, no, no, you're gonna sound great. You know, and it's a full band. And, so we did, uh, we opened, and then another band, like a big band with like more horns and stuff came on after, and then B.B. King played for like, you know, tireless set, just went on and mm-hmm. on and on. He was amazing. Um, so it was just such an amazing 
experience, especially my very first show, like my very first big show was for him. It's like, what in the world just happened? Like, that was so cool. And it worked, you know, like I was really excited because like we got people afterwards and they were like, well, that's great. You know, and you're like, really? Like, you know, just don't think like it's, I wasn't sure, you know, like, wow, our, is our music going to gel? But, you know, that fan base that follows him, you know, just happened to like the style of music I was doing too. So, um, yeah, it was exciting and he was amazing and he, you know, he had his tour bus and he, we got to meet him and take pictures with him and he just was such a class act. And, um, yeah, I'm so grateful for that opportunity because that was his like 80th tour, like 80th birthday tour, you know? Wow. Yeah, it was really amazing to, I mean, I've been fortunate to like meet a lot of really cool legends. I feel they're legends to me anyway, in the music industry that I've opened for that have just, come from like a gig from a gig or a friend of a friend or somebody who knew me or somebody who saw me I don't have a booking agent I never have and <laughs> it'd make my life a lot easier if I didn't find one but um, yeah I've just been plugging away ever since just finding things and so um, you released the album yeah. and um, I, I take it it did well um, you know, it didn't. It did okay. I mean, it it was like I said. I, I picked other people's songs, um, and at the time, like songs that spoke to me. Like, just we didn't we didn't go looking for days and weeks and months. We we, we found like through my producer and I that at the time we found stuff that felt right. I picked songs that I thought were really cool. Um, so it did okay for my first one. And like you know, I started traveling a lot with my ex husband. Um, I don't know if I told you this, but my ex husband played baseball professionally. So we uh, were traveling all over the place, and um, through that, I was doing charity events, and I was doing um, different things, and when he went to Cincinnati, I met, like, Bronson Arroyo, who was also a singer, and then we did charity events together there, and, like, you know, just it just started snowballing from there, like, just more and more gigs and opportunities and things that I was doing and throwing myself out there, um, you know, National Anthem or, like, you know, God Bless America, like, so for like the team that he was playing for like so then people just it just started turning into more and more things um that i was finding for myself um so yeah the the first album was that and then it wasn't until we were back here when i met uh gardner cole and started writing and i feel like that music has done better that makes sense like that's when i feel like more people have paid attention and listened more and like and I feel like I've gotten better and better with each each year that goes by or each performance that I do feel I feel more and more confident. Um, but it's it's fun because I've been back and forth from Nashville since then writing and it's a whole different story over there. It's a whole different um, like world. Everyone's so talented and amazing and it's just a different a different vibe uh, with my music, you know, because I think it was more a little more on like adult contemporary, a little slash pop pop mm-hmm. rock movie and then as i've been going to nashville these last six years or so seven years maybe um my music has changed quite a bit in the style um not necessarily in the writing because um you know some of the songs that i wrote uh, with gardner are that had more of a pop vibe i've actually turned them into country songs like we uh, my guitar player, his name is Damien, Damien Martin. He's ridiculously amazing. He's like so underrated. He's such a great guy. Can play anything. Well, he's taken a few of my songs. And I'm like, hey, I want to do this. Let's do it acoustic, but I want to give it a little bit more up, like a new a new life, and let's shop it. 
And so that's kind of what we did with like two or three of my songs, probably in the, like in December. I found a, a music plugger out in uh, Nashville that I'm working with, and now we're starting to shop some of those songs. And it's crazy because they're songs I wrote a while back, but I knew they were good. I just felt like if they were just a little bit different and maybe a little more country-ish, country pop, that, you know, even the vibe out there, then, then it would still... There's such great message in the lyrics that I feel like, I feel like if it's delivered a different way, it can still be very much heard and appreciated, and and who knows who will pick it up. And that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> so, how many albums, uh, CDs have you ended up doing? I have three CDs out, and then I have like probably like three or four singles that are released just as singles. Right. So we may take some of those, throw it on the EP. And just make another like EP itself, you know, like so if I tour, yeah. then it's easier to have those there because they're not available on an album. Yeah. Like Pretty Roses and Two Seconds and Show Me, those are three three of my songs that are, are not on an album. So I may throw those on an EP and then three more that I've written, just put those together. But, um, you know, so this would, that would be my technically three and a half if I do the EP. It's just hard because nobody's doing albums anymore. It's right. sad. <laughs> it's really sad because it's like a lost art. Like nobody buys the full album. They buy, they download a song they like from an they album. Do. So yes. it's like, you know, that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, I, um, it is sad and it is, um, there is an art to creating a great album, you know, you're trying to do a theme and a story and, and, mm-hmm. um, now then it is, um, yeah, I'm looking at your website and, you know, I see, you know, pretty roses has an official video and shattered is a video. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, show mm-hmm. me two seconds. So, and, and I've, I've played some of the music and I really do love, I love your voice and I love the message you're giving. And so, um, I, I, I'm really glad. Um, what 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 have you not been able to do is there a message that you've wanted to share that you haven't gotten to share yet or or what what do you want what do you want to be when you grow up let's put it that way <laughs> well i think it's weird because as i've as i've been on my journey my musical journey um the songwriting has been so cool and the collaboration with other people uh, has been so it's so fun for me because I feel like in a in a perfect world what I would love to do is I would love to be uh, I, I mean I love to sing and I love to perform and absolutely if I could do that on tour and go on nonstop I would do it I would sing every day all day um, but as I've been writing more and collaborating more and it's just such a fun process. I would love to work for um, an agency that, like, I would love to be a professional writer as far as writing music. Do you just, you just like, because, like, I've written with people that work for, like, banner music or different music, produ- you know, producers, I mean, production companies, and that's what they do. They get paid to write, and they just write and write and write. And so it's such a, an amazing feeling when you write and it comes to life and you're like, oh, my God, that's such a cool song. Um, so I would love to do more of that. Um, I think parallel to my singing as well. Like it's fine. I would love to do both, but we'll put you on the map songwriter. And to me, sure. that would be such a cool thing to be doing. Now, I would never give up the singing cause it's just my heart and I love, love, love it. 
Um, but there's certain songs that I write that just aren't meant for me, you know, yeah. like the message isn't meant for me. The melody is not something that would, I can see someone or hear someone else singing it. Like I wrote a song with uh, Alex Sire. He's a, a guitar player and a singer performer out in Nashville. And we did a couple gigs together when I was there and, um, he's really talented and it's let's just you know let's collaborate we sat down and we wrote the coolest song in like an hour and a half and it's funny because to hear his style and then my style and mix them together on like really talk through things and talk through lyrics is really a fun process and the song is so it's so cool i I was like i know i'm saying that because i'm not just saying it because we wrote it because there's songs you write and you're like okay it's all right but there's other songs you're like oh my god this has to be heard like, and I really feel like we wrote a cool song together when I was there just this last month. And I, I said, we have to demo this. You understand? Like, I need this demo. Like, I want you to demo it, and I'm going to demo it. And we're going to we're going to shop it because I feel like it's not necessarily for me, but it's definitely like it's like a very Keith Urban vibe. Um, to be honest, I hear a guy singing it. Um, Interesting. Mm-hmm, I definitely do that. And, I, and there's a few songs. So I've written probably another ten songs with other writers out in Nashville that, that I haven't shopped yet that are uh, that I haven't released yet because I'm not sure if they're for me or not yet you know and it's some of them I know like okay that's I love that song I'm recording it but other ones I'm like you know like the one we just did I I hear a guy singing it I just do and I want him to demo it and I want to shop it to the guys that are helping me shop my music and I will do a female version of it because um, my voice isn't country, really. I mean, I, I, I have a country vibe and certain music and the musicality behind it, but um, I don't, my my voice doesn't have a, a southern style to it. Does that make sense? <laughs> it does, it does. So, yeah, Very much. But, I mean, but some people are like, oh, I can hear a little country-ish vibe mm-hmm. in there. So, so it's kind of a country crossover slash, because I do write a little bit like country, Um I like that vibe, but this song, I, I totally hear a, a guy singing it, and I can't wait to get it in their hands and see. Because right now is the best time to be shopping your music because everybody's yep. not, no one's touring, so they're probably bored looking for music. And those that don't write, <laughs> if they do write, they might hear something come across their lap now where they'll actually have the time to pay attention versus when they're on tour, they don't have time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, are you getting to perform live very often? Um, well, I I don't know if you knew, but I went on tour with John Waite for like off and on for like about a year, a little over a year. We did nice. like, almost, 30, almost 30 shows together, uh, and he was just amazing. And I learned so much uh, watching his work ethic and, and how professional he is, and, and, and his voice is still just amazing. And I, I one thing I've loved about being on tour with him is that, you know, it, it started out like a gig, ironically, at B.B. King's uh, in New York. I got, you know, they're like, do you want to go with John, like John Waite? They're like, we're going to submit your music to him and see if he'll pick you up. Like maybe get do a couple of shows to open for him. And I was like, yeah, well, they go, well, we'll see what happens. We're just going to send him a couple of your songs. And if you like someone, you know, if he, if he lets you do it, great. And so that's kind of how that started. I went over to B.B. King's and I did a show. And his band and his guy, Tim, who's his manager, who was also his bass player, they were just so sweet to me, very nice to me and my guys. And we did an acoustic gig. We did a background singer, a uh, cajon player, and a guitar player. 
So that turned into almost a year and a half of touring with him off and on because they were just like so sweet and he's, we just gelled. And um, to watch his fourth epic, it's like he cares, like he really cares. And like if he's on stage or if I was on stage, you know, he'd be like, I'd say, you know, hey, he said, you know, how is the sound? I'm like, you know, I can I can hear you. For, like, I, like sometimes if he didn't feel his set was good, like there'd be times when he'd say, what do you think? Like, like he would ask my guys and I, which I thought was really, you know, I was honored that he would even ask. But I, I'd say, you know, I know you might think that, but it's not from where we were. It's a completely different vibe. Or I would even say, hey, just so you know, like it just sounds a little bit weird in this one area. Like, I don't feel like the acoustics here, like in this area, like, or maybe you should have him turn up your mic or turn up something. Like, not giving him advice, but if there was something I saw on stage that I had just performed through, <laughs> I would definitely tell them, hey, you go, this is not, you know, this is not how it sounds. Believe me, where you're, where I'm sitting, you sound ridiculously amazing. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so, but yeah, That's so it was good. fun. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, touring with him was great, and then I've, I've been able to open for uh, Pat Benatar and Eddie Money, Eddie Money a couple times, and Let's see, Kenny Loggins and uh, Michael McDonald, which is really fun, and Lisa Loeb, um, Jen Blossom. So, yeah, I've, I've been fortunate enough to land in the right place to open for some really amazing people. And I'm hoping to get, get on tour with, you know, soon as well. Good. Do you do any local? Do you perform anything local, like in small acoustic clubs or, you know, living um, room shows? Or Yeah, yeah. Well, like I, when I say when I go back to Nashville, Nashville does a lot of, um, they call them singer-songwriter rounds, and um, and they also do some house concerts and things like that. Um, I do go back and forth to Nashville to do a lot of those because I feel like a lot of those are, it's always, you're just you're just networking, you're always meeting, you're always, yeah. you can never do as too many shows. And here in Arizona, like I said, there's not a lot of, it, it, the music scene is not as strong here, and I've yet to find a guitar player here that isn't already completely booked or working that's really that's that i've been Got able it. to just really like you know like my guys in nashville if he lived here we would be gigging you know all week but he doesn't i kind of have to pick and choose until i can really find somebody locally that i that i um that has the time and can really work with me so it's hard to catch away too because i can't really book the stuff until i can find the guy that i know i can rely on um that Absolutely. is available Sure. There's some great people out here. They're just a lot of, like, two of the guys that I absolutely love are, they are booked almost every night. And that's why they're booked, because they're so good. But we did do a house concert. Um, I did my first trial trial house concert here. Um, and we had, like, 70 people to the door. And it was the most fun night ever. But I had been hired for a house concert in Nashville. And I got the idea from them because I, I mean, I've been, you know, I've done a house concert before for a party here and there, but like, I just thought, you know, I brought this guy in named Miguel. Uh, he's amazing. And he lives here. And I said, Hey, why don't we do this house concert? And we'll just invite, invite, invite and just see how it goes. And we'll kind of take donations to the door for if like no one's forced to pay anything, but if they want to donate towards like the music, great. If they don't, they don't have to like and I said you're probably going to end up making more money this way than you would have at a gig tonight trust me because we had so many people come through and so many people were just like wow what a fun night to like net like hang out with everybody and hear music so he performed and I performed just like a singer songwriter around like he'd sing and then I'd sing and talk about each song and why we wrote it what it was 
it's really fun. A couple of years ago, we were lucky enough. Uh, my brother-in-law got us. We were going to Nashville, and he got us tickets uh, for the Bluebird, you know, oh, cafe. Yeah. And uh, there was Josh Abbott and um, uh, Carly. Yeah, uh, was a, I, I'm drawing her blank, but there was there was two male singers, two female singers, and it was exactly what you call it. They're they're around, they're facing each other, and you do a song, you do a song, and it was it was as good a night of music as I've heard in a long time. It was absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful that intimacy gig. So yeah, oh, I get yeah. that. There's so many amazing. I mean, I sit there like sometimes and just look, go out. There's so many great people. I was fortunate enough to be able to perform um, at the Bluebird one night when I was there, uh, probably about three years ago. Um, my my PR person at the time, her name was Liz Motley. She just said, "Hey, you know, they have open mic night on Mondays, and uh, members of the National Songwriters Association, you know." Um, you know, have first dibs on it. And if they, if you get lucky enough to go in and, you know, and sing a song there, this would be a a fun night to do. So luckily for me, uh, it worked out where I was just landing and she's like, Hey, I got, yeah, I got your spot. I'm like, Oh my God. So So I got to sing there for the first time ever. And I know now they're doing a lot more local, um, like, like singer songwriters that aren't as well known. I know normally it's like really well known people, but, now, but you have to live there. So um, I don't live there right now because I couldn't really book if I wanted to at the Bluebird. They, they kind of try to keep it within house. Like, you know, like they try to very much protect the, you know, their local Nashville writers and songwriters, which sure. they should. But, yeah. but it's so amazing, you know? Yeah. Um, I hope have, do that again. Is um, any thoughts about moving to Nashville or is family, because of family, you're here? I'm I'm here right now. Um, I have two boys, and one's in college. They both play golf, and um, like one plays golf in college now, and the other one is a junior, and he signs his letter of intent to play at the University of Southern USC next. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, so one's at U of A, one's at USC, and um, one's going to USC, I should say. Uh, hopefully, if school ever gets back on. Um, yeah, but he'll sign his letter of intent. They're golfers, so I stay really busy with them. And um, while I'm not doing my music, and so while while he's still here, like another full year as a senior, I don't foresee me moving to Nashville until. But it's not something that's not on my radar, because yeah. you know once he's in, in school, I definitely have thought about getting a place out there and just spending some time there because it's really like I feel so productive. And when I'm there, I just, even if it's a week at a time, I just, I get so much done. And I, like last time I was there, I did two shows and I wrote two songs in like four days. I mean, I was there Friday through Wednesday. I have more than four days, Friday, Thursday. Yeah, I was there Friday through Wednesday and I wrote the two songs and we did the, the two shows and it was, it was great. It was, I feel like I always can get a lot done. So if I was living there, I would be writing a ton more. I just haven't found a network out here to write with, a lot of people to write with, and it's so good to collaborate. You know, that's how you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we, gosh, we've just, I, I told you we'd go off on tangents. Um, <laughs> any favorite musicians you want to talk about, influences um, on your music, your writing? Um, you know, it's crazy. I love Elton John. Um uh, and it's funny because he has a, such a unique writing style. Uh, yeah. 
it's not really, I don't write like Elton John or his, the way he writes, like he doesn't rhyme everything. He's very, you know, some stuff rhymes, some stuff doesn't. He's just, he's amazing. Um, I've always loved him. Uh, I, I, there's a lot of artists that I love for different reasons, not necessarily like I don't write like them or I I haven't been influenced to write them, but I do love their message and what they're saying. And like Sia is amazing. She's one of my favorites. Um, she has a song called Elastic Heart, and it's just it's just cool. Like her vibe, and she's quirky, and she's fun, and she's amazing. And I love how she can jump from, you know, pop to like. But her lyrics, if you ever listen to them, are very clever and very very good. Like I love them. Um, but I think I'm all over the place when it comes to music and who I find it. I love Pink. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Those are the kind of people that I I kind of like when I listen to, but I do love a lot of singer songwriters. Like, I mean, there's some amazing singer songwriters that I, I, I'm a lyrics person. So when I listen to songs, I, I might listen a little bit deeper than most because <laughs> sure. I really do hear the music and I hear the message and it, it speaks to me. So, mm-hmm. um, it's mandatory because this is a Springsteen podcast. Um, have you seen, um, either, um, the Bruce on Broadway um, Netflix special or his film Western Stars? I haven't seen either. Um, I have seen Bruce Springsteen, though. Oh, okay. In, uh, I saw him perform in uh, Cincinnati. He did an acoustic uh, he did an acoustic show when I was there. Uh, God, it's been years. But yeah. I did get to hear him perform there and uh, to a packed house, and yeah, it was really good. He's really he's he's really great. I didn't get to see the movie that you're talking about, but I do yeah. know there was one that was just out not too long ago, right? Yeah, I, I know you're busy between you know being a mom and working and everything, but if you get a chance, Western Stars, um, that was his latest album, and okay. um, it it is similar to it has a uh, Jimmy Webb, Glenn Campbell. Southern mm-hmm. California feel, and okay. he knew he wasn't going to get a chance to tour, so he he has this old barn on his property that mm-hmm. they use uh, for family, for like weddings and friendships and things, and so he put together a band, an orchestra, including a string section, a band, and they do the whole album, Western Stars, from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he closes with a rhinestone cowboy, a cover. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so, but they, then he started thinking and, um, Tom Zimini, who is done a couple of documentaries on Bruce and he was the director of the Springsteen on Broadway Netflix special. Um, they did a film together and so they went out and filmed little scenes uh, out in the West and, you know, with the, a lot of the desert and using old home movies. And mm-hmm. Bruce talks about the songs and his life between each song. And so they cut it together so it's a movie. Um, mm-hmm. As someone who loves lyrics, I think you would like it. I think you would yeah, like absolutely. a lot. It explains a lot about him. Okay. And, and the, yeah, it's really good. Um, so I gave you homework. I asked you to take yeah. Thunder Road 
and read the lyrics in case you hadn't. And so let me give you a little background. Um, Jay Armstrong is a honors English teacher in the Philadelphia area. And every year his seniors, they take two days and they break down Thunder Road as if it was a poem. They compare it to Robert Frost, The Little Less Travel. Um, they use all the imagery. He covers everything on the kind of this, you know, what what imagery, where they're pulling this, what they're going to doing. And then at the end, oh, wow. he asks this class, does Mary get in the car? <laughs> so, Raquel, that's your question. Um, at the end of Thunder Road, does Mary get in the car? <laughs> well, it's funny because as I was listening to it and looking at the lyrics, I'm thinking to myself, because in the song he obviously talks about how she's, you know, the way he describes it with, you know, the prompt, like everyone turns into ghosts, right? That there's, she hasn't left anyway. Like at her door, at her, at her patio, whatever, however you describe it. I'm trying to think of how he, how the words he says. He says about her, it it sounds like she's never left yet with anyone. Yeah. Yeah. All the boys you turn away. Right. All the boys turn away. And like the way he described it, you know, like it it just, they were ghosts in the eyes of all the boys you sent away. Yes. So, um, it's just, I want to think that she did. <laughs> I want to believe because I'm an optimistic person that she did go with him. But I, 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 the hard part is I just think this is her history and this is like she's broken many hearts. It sounds like I don't know that. I mean, it sounds like this is the only way for maybe even a better life. Way. Like if she were to climb in and. Like you said, this town for losers is going out to win. Like maybe, yeah. maybe that would be her reason to go. Like this is the one person she might actually leave with. So when I was looking at that, um, I, I it was weird because I was I was hoping I would like have a more clear like, well, would she or would she not? But like obviously his description um, and the way he tells the story is pretty cool. Uh, I, I guess I I would like to think he. That she did go. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, by the way, um, the audience is about half. Um, Jay, Jay, who gave this question, believes she does not. And he believes that, once again, we go back to what we we're talking about. You, you have to choose. It is a choice. You have to face your fears and, and climb in that front seat. And, um, and he believes she doesn't. He believes that she she won't put away her fears, and that the the (laughs) yeah, and the hero of the the song leaves without her. Right. Uh, Well, that's true. I mean, I I can completely one hundred one hundred percent see why somebody would. The optimist will say she didn't. Definitely, she. You're. I'm hoping she would. Right. Like I hope she would. But then the realist on the other side says. She probably isn't because it sounds like the way it's described is that she's done this many times and many guys have parts broken. Yeah. You know, so to me, because of her history, it would take a lot for her to actually Raquel, that is a great answer. That is, yeah. <laughs> um, it That is wonderful. Um this is, gosh, this has been so much fun. We've, the time has passed away. Thank you so much. All right. So your turn to plug. If people okay. want to hear, find more about you, to see more of your, to hear more of your music, how can they? 
So right now, um, everything is online. So you can go to RaquelAurelia.com. Um, you can go to Spotify. Um, it's the same thing, Spotify, Raquelaurelia you know, backslash Spotify.com. Same thing with Instagram. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, uh, gosh, Twitter. Anywhere you can pretty much be online, uh, you can find my music. Um, and so, you know, and it's, when the EP comes, I'll know more details and, and I'll okay. have more details, but that'll be on my webpage too. And my webpage is just, it's RaquelAurelia.com. Um, and it's more, uh, you know, but I feel like now with the social media, everything's more publicized anyway with people like following Twitter, following Insta, following yes. Facebook to get your music out. So when, once I do get a tour going or some shows, like I said, I'm looking for a booker. Um, maybe now that it's so quiet, I could find one. <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah, so that's how you can find my music. And, uh, yeah, that's just that's the easiest way, I think. Or iTunes, CD Baby, Reverb Nation. Gosh, I could name a thousand. But, you know, we're really okay. – YouTube actually has a lot of the music videos that we do. I mean, obviously, we've done Pretty Roses and we've done – uh, shattered videos but I do a lot of videos on there like today I posted Titanic um, you know with uh, Titanic Titanium <laughs> Hello. Mm-hmm. Titanium with uh, C.N. David Guetta's version and it's really cool my guitar player picks really nicely on that song you might like it because if you like guitar and Springsteen all that, that whole vibe okay, good. Um, it's a cool way but so I, I do a lot of that on YouTube just for content so people always have like there's a lot of covers on there too that I like to throw up there that I like personally just to, just for people to hear and, and listen to. But yeah, YouTube and Spotify I think are my biggest like go tos right now. I feel okay. Good. Um, please go there, listen. If you like what you hear, um, go to um, Amazon, iTunes, wherever you can buy and pick up a few things. Um, Raquel will appreciate the few pennies she will get. <laughs> Absolutely. They add uh, up. They do. At, well, and, and, <laughs> and it's the idea that, um, you know, someone cares enough to send it. I just Absolutely. think that's, yeah, that's, it's perfect. Um, all right. Hang tight while I do business. If you okay. want to join me and share your musical journey, I'd love to have you. Um, it's easy to reach out to me. Um, I'm on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show is on Twitter at setlustingbruce. Um, you can email me at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. From there, you can um, talk about it. We can arrange. We can visit. Uh, we have a webpage, setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can find um, our Patreon page. We have a setlustingbruce um, store where you can buy a does Mary get in the car t-shirt um, and a lot of other fun things. So please go there and check um, Raquel. When you get the EP, um, you got to come back and let's promote it. Okay. Definitely. Thank you so much. I will. It's good. I hope you had as much fun as I did. Um, I think you are, you are a, a wonderful spirit. You are a lovely person. Um, and, and I just, I think you have a unique voice and I'm glad you're sharing it with us. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's very, really sweet. It was fun talking to you. Good. Uh, listeners, stay safe. Keep washing your hands. Um, keep your distance. Um, make good choices. Um, this is dark times, and I know that is. There, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And um, so hang in there. Be good to each other, and we're going to get through this. But for now, thank you very much, and we'll talk to you soon. 
Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Lessing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. Reach for the Stars by Raquel Aguirre, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 